0: Welcome to the Leader in Red podcast, a podcast for millennial women who work the nine to five, who want to feel confident in the workplace, lead effectively, and be recognized for their hustle. I'm your host, Natalie Hansford. Make sure to go follow my Instagram page at Your Leader in Red, Person Inspiration, and Real Talk. Let's get started. Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode I have with me and it's very exciting. I have a guest with me and her name is RJ Hill and she is a realtor in the Aurelia, Ontario area and we wanted to come on here and chat to you guys a little bit about uh, first Home uh, owners, and also the steps on how to buy, what to expect after COVID, and so much more. Um, so, I want to officially introduce RJ, and maybe you can just start by telling us a little bit about yourself and your background.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Just want to first of all say thanks a lot for having me on here. This is so exciting. I've never actually done a podcast recording, so I'm super excited <laughs> to add this to the old repertoire. Yeah. Um, but like you said, my name RJ. Born and raised in Erie, Ontario. Um, small town girl, born and raised on a farm, um, parents separated, young age, grade 10, um, got into the serving scene, uh, in a hostess role, saw how much money the servers were making. I'm like, okay, <laughs> I want to do that. Got into serving, graduated to bartending, ended up at Studebaker's where I spent six lucrative toxic years <laughs> learning so <laughs> many things about other people and myself. And. Um, Yeah, it was there where I first moved out to an apartment, thousand bucks a month for rent, and I'm like, thousand bucks a month for rent, that's a mortgage payment. I'm buying a house, so turned around, bought a house, 23 years old, and paying down the mortgage. I'm like, there's got to be money in this somewhere. I'm I'm getting into house sales, so that pretty much led the spark to figure out what was what real estate was all about. And yeah. I sat down, had a conversation with a realtor of a friend of a friend. And he told me that he tripled his income in three years. So I was like, okay, sold. I'm in. <laughs> done. <laughs> and then 18 months was supposed to be like, get in, get out, get your license and you're done. And I, my mother likes to tell me that I like to take the hard way. So I took three years to finish <laughs> extension <laughs> after extension, but hard work pays off. And here I am recently started.
0: And how has been your experience so far? Like, I know you kind of just said that you took a little bit to finish, but like getting your toes a little bit wet into the environment, what has been your experience so far with, I mean, even with your clients, what have you noticed?
1: Well, number one thing is relationship. People don't trust you with a huge transaction like that unless they trust you. So I'm looking at at other people that have been, either started after me or got into this after me and they're selling and selling and selling. And I'm like, what is going on? And either they're a little bit older than me and they've already got those relationships established or they've teamed up with somebody else that has those relationships established. And they're kind of just learning that way. Um, Something again that I learned in the service industry that was that if you show people and you make people feel like you care, you're going to get so much more out of them. Yeah. So I might take a little bit longer to get started in this industry because I put that time and effort into the relationships to build those first instead of just, oh, you want to buy a house? Cool, sign here, here, and here, and I'll make my paycheck. And if it's not what you actually wanted, too bad. Call me, I'll make another paycheck.
0: Yeah. It's,
1: this is a three, four, five $500,000 transaction that you want to make sure you're doing it right. And I'm here to alleviate all the stresses, all the worries and cross your T's, dot your I's and make sure we're not leaving any blanks.
0: Yeah, it's it's you being relevant to your customers and your clients and increasing that like long-term commitment rather than short-term commitment. And I think a lot of people would respect that if they were to buy a house, they do want that emotional side of it too. Cause it's really freaking exciting and having a robotic salesperson or someone to assist you along the way makes it less exciting. So I think that's so important.
1: Your realtor pretty much has to be your cheerleader the whole way. Like, yeah. I know you can do this. I'm going to help you do this. We're going to find a way to do this. Oh, we hit a roadblock. That's okay. We're going to figure it out. You're stressed out. I want you to go to the spa, have a day. I'll deal with this.
0: Yeah, <laughs> that's exactly. what I'm here for. <laughs> I love that. Um, so I wanted to get a little bit into the topic of the podcast, and it's specifically on like, not necessarily when's the right time to buy, but a little bit of when's the right time to buy, how to buy. There's so many different questions that a lot of people have, um, and I know we both kind of put some questions out on our social media, and a lot of the questions that I specifically bought what are got sorry. Was a majority of the audience doesn 't own a house, and it 's sometimes so overwhelming when you think about the money because that 's the first thing people think about they don 't think about the excitement of buying the house they 're like, "I can never afford this, especially depending on where they live. Um, so what are something that you would recommend for people that are thinking about it and to get them in a proper mindset uh, rather than just money maybe because i know we 're going to get into that but how to shift their mindset when they are wanting to start to think about buying soon.
1: Well, basically the biggest thing for me was realizing that paying rent, you're, you're paying money out regardless. You're paying living expenses regardless. You're going to pay either rent. You're going to pay condo fees. You're going to pay dorm fees. You're paying something to live with a roof over your head, regardless the idea of buying a home and paying the mortgage When you pay that mortgage, yes, you're paying a little bit of interest, but you're paying a principal to the bank that when you sell that house, you get that principal back. When you're renting and you move out from renting, you don't get any of that money back. That's all gone, paying somebody else's mortgage. When you are fresh out of high school and you're going to college and you're only going to be here for your year and you want to travel and you want to go see this and do that and be here and go there, that's when you should be renting because there's no consistency, there's no plan, there's no... Um, commitment as to where you're going to be landing. If you have found a career that you're comfortable in, if you've got a job that you've been in for two years or longer, and you're comfortable with where you're at in life, and you're just, you're, you're going through the motions now and you feel like, okay, now what? Maybe it's time to start looking at investing in you and investing in your future. Because that's the way I looked at it. I looked at it as, okay, I could be investing in this guy paying rent, putting money in his pocket, and increasing his equity. Or I can look in the mirror and say, okay, I'm 22 years old. I want to have a family by the time I'm 30. How? What can I do now to make sure that that is a little bit easier down the road? So I'm like, okay, I'm a bartender. I'm making bank. I, I've got the option of a co-signer. So we can talk about a co-signer too, because that is a huge option these days. Yeah. But um, <clears throat> I took advantage of that. And I thankfully got in before all these stress test rules applied. And thankfully I've been in my house now for five years. I've paid down a bunch of equity and the value of my home has increased over the last five years. So again, that's something to think. If you're in a rental and you're paying the same amount of rent, your rent might increase, but you're still not getting anything out of that. If you, your mortgage payment is going to be the same. And then if you sit on your house for five years, I bought for two thirty six. my house is worth well over $300,000 now.
0: Yeah, for sure.
1: So I'm going to get what I put into it and then some back. It's just investing in yourself. You're paying yourself.
0: Absolutely. And I think people are going to laugh when I say this, but I know millennials specifically have a hard time with commitment.
1: Yeah. <laughs> oh
0: it's a huge thing and people are kind of scared of commitment. Um, but maybe you can maybe shed some light on like how, how much level of commitment really is this? So say you buy a house and What is the approximate time that you recommend people staying in X house um, in terms of
1: years? Well, again, that's all dependent on what you're buying and why you're buying it for. Every person is unique. Every situation is unique. No deal that I do as a realtor is going to be the exact same. I can talk to a realtor that's been in this for the last 10, 15 years and they will tell you the exact same thing. No transaction is ever the same. It's not a cookie cutter process. It's unique to the individual and their wants and needs. But if you've got an idea, you want to, if you, if somebody even wanted to buy a house, sit on it for two years, sell it or flip it or move somewhere and rent it out, If, if you're locked into that mortgage and you are capable of continuing to pay the bills, you're laughing because real estate is only going to increase in value. There has been situations in the past and there probably will be a situation following COVID where the real estate market dips, but that's, that's the ebb and flow of life, right? Like yeah. you come up, you go down, you got to come up to go or sorry, you got to go down to come up. Right. Yeah, exactly. So, and we've seen it recently, like the, the pricing of houses aren't dipping, like the value of homes are still there. It's just the number of homes that are available right? with COVID that is being limited. So <clears throat> we're, we're in a seller's market right now, meaning there are less houses than there are buyers so buyers are having to put in multiple offers and sellers get the option of choosing who they want to work with after covid there is rumors of falling into a buyer's market which means there's a surplus of homes and not enough buyers so the people trying to sell will sit there and they'll be grappling at offers trying to make something happen again that will pass everything will come back full circle yeah. Do we know what the numbers are going to look like when that happens? No. Can we guess? Sure. Do I want to give you inaccurate information? Absolutely not. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: But no, uh, I, I, it all comes full answer. circle, right?
0: Absolutely. I totally agree with anything in life, really, truly. Mm-hmm. Um, so, what are three things that you would recommend to someone that is currently trying to save for a home right now or is thinking about trying to save for a home right now? or maybe not even three things, like what are just some things that they should think about in terms of value? um, How much they should be putting away? Should they be actually be doing the research and going to uh, see a mortgage specialist? Like what would you recommend in this entire process of um, starting to save?
1: Well, education is power, right? So the more you know, the more you can do. Um, so that being said, I would definitely start with sitting down with a mortgage broker, either at your bank or a private lending institution. That doesn't mean you're committing to anything. That just means you're getting an opinion. You're going to somebody that has the capabilities to tell you what your income will qualify you for, what the interest rates are and what Mm -hmm. you need to kind of look at to either improve your credit score or to um, like you said, start saving. Mm -hmm. Um, the way I think about saving is like you're paying yourself, you're earning a paycheck. You shouldn't be spending that entire paycheck. (laughs) Um, so if you can afford to put half of it away, pay yourself half of it, you're getting two paychecks a month. So I, and it doesn't even have to be half of it. If you want to take a hundred bucks, 150, whatever you can afford, as long as you're taking something out of that and tucking it away, consider it paying yourself. You think you're worth it. I think you're worth it give yourself 50 bucks a pay give yourself 100 bucks a pay out of sight out of mind if you can transfer that to a tax-free savings account or an interest earning account then that's even better but is it you just gotta look at it in a different perspective i think you are one of the biggest people to always talk about changing your mindset and modifying Mm -hmm. like how you look at things and what what you how you can perceive it so If you, if you look at a paycheck as your income and, oh, this is to go to my bills, then you look at that balance in your bank account and say, okay, like, where does this need to go? I need to pay a bill. If you have the mindset, I'm going to pay myself because I'm worth it. And I want to do something with my life and I want to invest in myself. Then that hundred bucks is going into an investment and that investment is you.
0: Absolutely. And I I just want to slightly touch upon this because I know that a lot of people are really scared about money right now. And Mm -hmm. with the economy, we're all scared. Like um, with just how much things are costing nowadays, sometimes the money that you're bringing in isn't enough to even pay your bills and people are panicking about it. So while we're talking about all these topics, I need you guys to just think about how it's okay to have multiple streams of income. And if, if anything, I would recommend it. Not everyone can get, I always say that you need to take a look at what your personal goals are and what your professional goals are. And can your professional goals pay for your personal goals? And if they can't, you need to reevaluate. So if you have a full-time job and you're only bringing in $35,000 a year or $40,000 a year, and it's not going to get you your dream home, or it's not even going to get you to rent an apartment. You can't, you're living in the basement of your parents' house. You need to start thinking about what can I do to get me that personal goal? So everything that we're talking about. Um, so it's, it's reevaluating what your goals are. So if that goal is saving 150 bucks, great. If that goal is saving $2,000 a month, then shift what you're doing now to make that happen, because it's going to be the game changer on where you end up. Living or
1: where you end up being in your life, um, what you're, what you're capable of doing. Yeah. The biggest thing I, the biggest thing that stuck with me that I heard before choosing an avenue for income was, I think it was something to do with rich dad, poor dad, and it was a, it was, it's a saying that stuck with me for years because it was when I was dating a guy when I was 18, and I'll be 29 this year. So saying was, you will never be rich exchanging time for money. Yeah. And if you think about it, you're going to work and you're earning an hourly wage. So if you're earning $14 an hour and you work a hundred million hours for the rest of your life, you're eventually going to run out of hours. Yeah. You need to have passive income. You need to be able to go home and sit on your couch and watch TV and have money rolling into your bank account.
0: Absolutely. I think that's so important. And I think during COVID, I've realized that more than ever, um, because people are realizing nine to fives are shit, <laughs>
1: nine, can they're
0: convenient, yeah. they're great, but
1: nothing people. ever worth having comes easy. Right.
0: Exactly. And the, do you know what? Nine to fives, like if you're in a nine to five, I'm in a nine to five. I love it. I'm not going to leave it anytime soon, but you know what? I'm going to do other stuff too.
1: Yeah. And I'm to on Boston pizza Monday to Friday, 10 exactly. to four. And like, exactly. I'm like, okay, that's cool. I've got a paycheck. I've got consistency, but I need more.
0: Absolutely. And that's, what's going to really take you to the next level with meeting and getting your personal goals accomplished, which in it. In this specific podcast, we're talking about that goal being buying a home, which is on a lot of people's goals. (laughs) And that's why, and this podcast was requested by a lot of people being like, I'm scared of the word home. I'm scared of the word buying and God, I am too. Like it, I'm 26 years old. I don't own a house. Um, and it scares me to even think about it. But for me, I don't know where I'm going to be in a year from now. So I'm kind of holding up. But with that being said, for a lot of people, it's different. They want to start a family. They want to do all these things, but they are fearful of the price of it.
1: Yep. Yeah. The, The great big number at the end of the day, you got to look at that number over the next 25 to 30 years Yeah. because that's when that's how you're breaking it down. Right. If now, that being said, if you take 30 years to pay for that mortgage, you're probably going to pay for the house twice with interest being the way it is. Yeah. But The idea is you're still paying for something that you're going to get something out of in the end. And now, like you said, even with your situation, you don't know where you're going to be in a year. If you could afford to do so, I'd tell you to buy a house in Aurelia because Aurelia is on the top 10 towns to invest in when it comes to real estate investing. So even if you are going to go somewhere in a year, if you bought a three-bedroom home, say in Westridge or somewhere that was close to the college or the university, and you own that house, you paid those bills, you live there, you decide you want to leave, You can rent those three bedrooms out to students, probably pay your mortgage, put some money in your pocket. And maybe who knows, depending on the situation, if you're getting above market rent, because there's such high demand, you could pay for your rental if you're just renting a bachelor apartment somewhere. So your Mm -hmm. investment could pay for your travel expenses.
0: Absolutely. And you don't need to be um, a business person to have this mindset. So I think no. a lot of people are going to be like, no, but that's business. I don't, I'm not good at business. This oh my is, god,
1: I'm so glad you said that because I, my first thing coming into real estate was I don't come from a business background. I didn't take a business course in high school. School has never been my forte in general. Mm-hmm. I'm a people person. Like I talked to people, like I said, I, was, I bartended for six years and like that was so much more educational than anything I've learned out of a textbook yeah. because learning people and learning what they thrive off of and what like just how to interact with people you have such a better understanding how to deal with people in the future and if you understand how to deal with somebody you're going to be able to make them happy and if you can make them happy it doesn't matter what that applies to they're going to choose you
0: (laughs) absolutely no i i love that um so now that and are you slightly touched upon it but my next question for you is for those who are listening and majority of us are from ontario Where would you say the best places to buy are right now or in the near future?
1: Best place to buy? uh, Well, Barrie is growing like crazy. If you can afford to, get into that market because the houses in that area have only increased in the last uh, several years, not even just in the last year. Um, Aurelia has been in the top 10 towns to invest in for the last couple of years. Uh, even though it's small town Aurelia, why do you think <laughs> the rents are so high, right? Because yeah. people are willing to pay it. Um, Brampton, Toronto, Durham region, Ottawa, Kitchener, Hamilton. They're all places that are on the up and up when it comes to, um, the real estate market increasing in value and the demand for that area. Another, um, town that's probably going to be on the up and coming list is Peterborough. With the extension of the 407 in there, because a lot of right. people um, were traveling from Brampton to Toronto for the commute, work back and forth in the business uh, atmosphere. Yeah. And now, with the 407 being extended into Peterborough, it's 15 minutes faster than commuting from Brampton.
0: Right. No, absolutely. And I think a lot of people um, listening are like, I can never afford to live in Toronto. So people are commuting to work and they're commuting as much as three hours a day. Um, And it's crazy. And knowing where the up and comings are that are close to Toronto, you're still able to keep that job that you love, but maybe just um, have that commute a little bit quicker.
1: Yep. And my biggest piece of advice is again, sit down with a mortgage broker and like, don't go in with the mindset. It's going to be a yes or a no. There's so many different avenues. There's A lenders, meaning banks. There's B lenders, meaning private investors. The B side of lending is going to be a little bit more expensive than the banks. Banks interest rates are anywhere from 2.9 to 3.25, or sorry, 2.9 to 3.25 percent right now. Private investors go from 4 percent anywhere up to 10 percent depending on the amount of the loan. Right. So just because you don't make fifty thousand dollars on paper and you're a bartender that makes. 70% of your income in tips, and you don't want to claim that to lose it to taxes. I get it. Been there, done that. You, yeah. There's options. You have options. And you just need to ask either a mortgage broker or go into your bank and say, this is, where, this is my situation. This is what I've got going on. This is when I'm thinking about buying by, what can I do from here to here to here to make my uh, opportunity that much more in my favor? Absolutely, and they're, they're going to be so they're going to be so open with you. P- mortgage brokers are they're they're wanting to get paid too, right? So they're going to try and find a way for you.
0: I totally agree. Um, so my last question, and I know we kind of slightly talked about this, but maybe we can um, chat about it a little bit more. Is what do you personally think is going to happen after COVID-19? And I know we kind of touched upon it a little bit before we were recording, but I think it's going to be interesting. And I even shared the story of like my, my grandma right now, she's, she's selling her house and she's like, no one's coming to see my house. And I'm like, grandma, just you wait after COVID-19 is done, that house is going to sell. But what are your thoughts on it?
1: Well, thoughts, unfortunately it is just that, it's just my thoughts and opinions because with this crazy time, we obviously can't say one way or the other, yep. but um, I feel like as soon as the world's kind of back to a new normal and we're allowed to go outside, again, still maintaining social distancing, but as soon as we're allowed to do things again, I think the market's going to go crazy. Spring market is usually one of the hottest markets in real estate and we've kind of been put on pause. Right. So, I mean, again, even though the real estate market's been put on pause, my brokerage has new listings coming out every single day, averaging anywhere between five, fifty, six, seven, and there's been a couple million dollar listings come mm-hmm. up as well, but that there are stories that people are just putting their keys on the counter and walking away from their home too, because they can't afford the home. They can't afford the car. They can't afford the cell phone bill. And it's just too much. So there, there is going to be a flux. I believe as soon as everything goes back to normal, it's going to be quick. It's going to be hot. And then I think as soon as we are finished with the fall market and we get into the winter market, we're going to see a drop again. Can't be sure, but that's, that's my opinion. Um, Come winter, everybody's going to be kind of panicking. Okay, how do I make money? What do I do? What do I do? What do I do? And then that might be if you have the option to sit and wait to be a buyer, you're going to see foreclosures coming through, you're going to see the estate sales coming through. Again, not guaranteed, but that is where you would be able to find a wicked deal.
0: Right. Great. Well, I think that's a great way to end it off. Um, thank you so much for joining this podcast episode. Maybe you can just share a little bit more information about where the audience can find you, if they want to ask you any questions or they want to watch your journey.
1: Absolutely. I am on Instagram. I'm on Facebook. Uh, my Instagram is rj.hill.century21, I believe. And, uh, on Facebook as well, RJ Hill Realtor, you can find my business page, my personal page, whichever, um, you can reach out to me anytime phone number or email phone number 705-955-0080 email is rj.hill at c21.ca.
0: Awesome. And then I'll also put a link uh, in the description of this episode with your Instagram info. So just in case they just want to quickly click on it, you can do that okay thank you so much for joining and again guys if you liked this podcast episode then be sure to share it on your instagram and tag both of us so we know that you're listening to this we always love to see when you are listening to the episodes and that you enjoyed them but for now i will catch you in the next episode